All right, so Sun. What do you want? You sent me to watch Justin LaVoy on Valentine's Day. My twin. And can you explain to me... My twin. Why in the hell you thought My two twin? minutes in him objectifying that girl in the okay. bathtub? All right. Okay. All right. I Let's, just... Can I pause you real quick, real quick? You Let's, can go... Oh, you. yes! Let me pause please you. Pause, pause, because pause. I'm, I'm going to let you know that it's it's... You should watch the entirety of the production before you decide to comment on one small I know you're not going to call that fuck voice state. That was a gym locker room talk. First like, I know off, you're not talking. Was me. she was she tied up in the tub? I don't understand. Was she was she, in- was, she was she bounded to the tub? She yes or no? Was, yes or no? Yes or no? She was blowing. Yes or no? The bubbles. Yes or no? Oh, she was so she was willingly blowing the bubbles, right? So she was not there hostage. It was all of a choice by her to stay there and allow that to happen, right? Next up, come on. Uh, all right. So then, when he had to go into what zodiac sign was your most toxic ex or whatever fuckery he did, that boy is a child. But I we do that. that. I don't. We talk he, about that. What's the point of that? What's we, the point we, of that? We say what is the most toxic zodiac sign we have. Okay, so anyway. all right. So sin. What is the most toxic? Not, sign no, 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 no. That's not. Nah. <laughs> Ah, Don't music. That's that's not what this time is for. The question is is what is the most toxic sign you have ever been with? Take a shot if you love yourself. Can I be honest? Oh, sure. I can take a shot. Sure, I'll take a shot. All right. No, say no. Now you got to answer the question. Thanks for taking a shot. Thanks for playing. I took a shot. I took no, a shot. Let's, shot let's, of air. No, okay, so what's the Okay, most you answer up? first and then I'll answer cuz cuz my answer is going to sh- shake the room. Oh, what's the most toxic sign I've ever dated? I didn't date them. But Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, I would definitely have to say <laughs> Um you know you know what's wild? Waiting. The people are waiting. We're on the edge of our seats. The most toxic sign that I've ever dated has to be a Scorpio. Let's start the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode three of the podcast. And yeah, we're back. We're back for another one where I'm just going to be dragged and ridiculed all night. I just, I love that little moment of honesty we just shared. It I was hurtful. It. it hurt. We're back where our, you know, with your two favorite hosts, Sin and Mercy. And we have for you guys our patrons. We have to introduce you to our regulars. So we're gonna call our guests on the show regulars because you know we got a theme. So here, the one, the only Aunt Becky. I'ma just need y'all to know. 
that that wasn't the agreed upon name. It wasn't. Um, Mercy decided. I appreciate. I appreciate y'all inviting me on the show. You know. Yeah, Mercy went off. It's your friendly neighborhood Libra whisperer. Okay, let's go. There we go. Here we go. Zodiac. (laughs) Oh, okay. We're not gonna call you Aunt Becca, but Becca. Introduce yourself to the people. Make yourself familiar. You know, we know you. You always here. But let's see where you are, where you came from, who you be with. All right. Well, you know, um, gosh, I've known y'all for like, I don't even know how many years it's been. Forever. How old are we? We don't need to tell them that. We don't need to tell them. Because then then we have to admit how old we are now. And I'm not about to do that. So I've just known them for a very long time. And um (laughs) I am the resident um, advice guru, somehow. That's facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. And you're Libra Whisperer. Um, and also, you're Indecisive Queen. So I can be duality, two things. Ooh, um, duality. <laughs> duality. Is that the key word for today? That's the key word, duality. Let's do the it. The key word is duality. Brought to you by Webster. Sesame Street. Look me up. The letter D. <laughs> <laughs> no, just- but no, I'm just excited to be here. Like, I see what you guys are doing with this podcast, and you know, I appreciate being their first regular. So, hopefully, y'all let me come back after this. So, fingers crossed, everything goes well. Oh, we are definitely gonna have a good show today because you know we're gonna, you know, your girls drinking. Uh, what are you drinking? Water? No, I am drinking. Um. A substance that does not sponsor us, but we are accepting sponsors. Let's hear it. That's for our future sponsors. Ooh. They will Yo, not be who named. Gave you that? They will Bruh. not be named until who gave you the soundboard? They <laughs> who gave you access to the soundboard? <laughs> the sound unit thing. radio give you the access this to the soundboard. This is my thing. So are this we gonna kind of like, like the popcorn sounds like um like carnival. It sounds like, like we are in the gully. What do you mean? Yo, we're playing our roots, okay? We are of the diaspora, all right? So we're going to big up our people, our homeland that we don't have access to because we're American. But you know what? Dual, duality, citizenship. Are we doing big ups again tonight? Because I'm going to big up. You know who I'm going to big up. No, we don't need to big up a damn person who is light-skinned. Let me tell you something. Three light-skinned hey. men in... One area is always toxic. The first person that he was on the phone with via FaceTime was a dark skinned man. It, so it's like zero about? time. No, zero. And time actually, zero. first off, let's go. Let's run uh-huh. this back real quick before okay, we go on. Go. First right, off, fine. the dark skinned dude that he was on the phone with wasn't as toxic. And then on top of that, the most uh-huh. per- toxic person we thought was going to be toxic actually was the least toxic. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me you can do that, but tell uh-huh. me if I'm wrong. Go ahead, because can we just throw everybody in? The Justin. Was actually the most toxic. Why you being a dickhead fool? That's Stop not me. Being a dickhead. All I gotta saying. say, my thing with Justin, right? Justin is Diddy's son, as we know. He's a you know fine, fly-looking young man. But I don't want to hear nothing about nothing from any man whose girlfriend went on to date his father. I mean, that's always been a lifelong dream of mine. But I. I don't want a love advice from anyone who's been in that situation. I was about to say, haven't you said that that would be a situation of your own? I'm still working on it, but you know what? So you don't want advice from yourself? You wouldn't take advice from yourself? Where was Lori Harvey? 
Where was Lori? That's very much as cool as I say, not as I do. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna do. Right. That. We're not gonna hold ourselves accountable say, to the And then the homeboy gonna be like, "What's the most toxic zodiac sign you've ever been with?" Knowing damn well Chris wants to say Pisces, and I would have jumped through the screen like the beige woman I am and punched him in the That's face. That's his truth. That's his care. truth. I told I my care. truth. You told your truth. Becca, what's the most toxic sign you've been with? Oh wow, it's hard to Becca. Pick. <laughs> it is so hard to pick. Can I have a top three? Okay. Actually, you know what? That I'm gonna be honest. Scorpio. <laughs> Followed them by Virgo. Breaking news. Reality has just sunk in. Scorpio is now the heavyweight champ of toxicity. Y'all are haters. I mean, I did say Scorpio too, but like Scorpios. I'm so happy that I have never dated a Scorpio, but I will be married to one so I can experience the pain. I was about to say, so Aubrey's not a Scorpio. I I mean, I've gone through literally the devil. The Capricorn is the devil of the tarot. So um, I can do anything. I would say that Scorpio. Mm, Honestly, I'm not going to lie with you. I'm not going to lie to you. Any water sign is really just toxic. Like, Honestly, water, si- water signs are toxic as fuck. I did The cancers, the pipe. Pi- I, I was gonna. Go cancer there. was gonna round out my top. Cancer, three, so. yo, cancers are. Uh, uh, I'm not even. <laughs> Listen, would you I'm like to? No, you have the mic. You have the. Floor. I don't want to do it. Would you um, like to speak? It's the emotional anything um, responses no? for me. Yeah, yeah. Cancers just like to act off of emotion and only emotion, and then it's that. That's what it is. Like. It, and the thing about cancers is they 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 love to give it out, but they can't take it. Like they'll tell you something, they'll be hurtful, and you'll say something just as hurtful back to them. And they're like, "Oh my god, why would you say that?" Like, nah, calm down. That's not as bad as like Pisces who will play delusional. Like the Pisces, Pisces will be the attacker, and then as soon as the cops come, they're gonna fall on the floor screaming. <laughs> I mean, so I can confirm I because I was raised by a Scorpio and a Pisces. I was, raised, I was raised by a Scorpio too, and I, we need to start a support group for Scorpio. I really don't know how I made it. And I am so, a Scorpio, so me. I know. I know what it's like. I just don't... I don't know. How is a Pisces mom? That's what I always wonder. Because you, My dad's a Pisces. My mom's a Scorpio. Oh. Yeah. Your mom is a lovely woman. To you. To I me. hate you so much. <laughs> she is a lovely woman. No, because girl. you know, Sin and I have a female Scorpio who is an amazing mother. So I will vouch for Scorpio exactly. mothers. Like Scorpio. They're, no, no, no. They're very like, you know, they hold it down. But they, 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 they're they very intense. Until they're they get the intense. belt. You know, once they get the belt, you know, that stinger. It's very intense. I think <laughs> the thing about it is that Scorpio's are just intense people in general. I mean, y'all are... And very um, sensitive. Very sensitive. Very sensitive. Like, cold at the same time. Very cold. You are just... Yes. Keep it coming because it's so true. I just... I. Uh, uh, but we're not going to work through our issue. You know what? It's not about working through your issue. She's, she's stating facts. She didn't say that this is not a therapy session. She's just stating what it is. We, right. I was I mean, just thinking that, like, we need to have a therapy. If you want to add it to your journal or something. Exactly. I don't know. I could put it in there. But it's a self-reflection that she's telling the truth. Like, I think that Scorpios are the type of people. See, the difference between us and, and like, Cancers and Pisces is that a Cancer will go off, right? Like, Cancers and their emotional actions are very cancers much like. Cancers are the Aries of I was going to say, just sign. like Aries. Aries will pop cancers off. Are, yeah. Cancers will pop 
up. A Scorpio will be hurt, dead hurt, and you'll never know nothing until they're ready for you to know. And that shit could be in two minutes. The or Leos two years. of the water signs. I'm, but how do you sit on something for three and a half years? Yo, it's easy. How? It's easy. Once you see the opportunity open itself, you don't want to move on anything unless you, the opportunity presents itself. I'm so if it takes three years, it takes long. three years. Patience is a virtue. And on that note, <laughs> patience is a virtue, bro. It's a virtue. You gotta, you gotta hold it mm-hmm. dear to your heart. I'm, I'm All right, let's move on to the next topic. Come on. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I feel nervous. like you just telling on yourself. Anybody, 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 get, anybody get hot on the? You next gotta get topic, hot. Next topic. On the next topic. Next topic. Next next topic. topic. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Be on okay. some I'm a lover, relationship not a beware. You it's are, not relationship beware. It's just don't cross me. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm not volatile. Getting nervous. I'm not volatile. Like mercy's volatile. I'm not volatile. I am mercy volatile. is volatile. Yes. I'm not. I will smack you in a anywhere. second. And, and then ask questions afterwards. And then when you explain yourself and actually make sense, mercy will be like, Well, you should have not done that. Why did you put me in that position? <laughs> That's it. I'm not volatile. I'm just being truthful. <laughs> Y'all, let's get into our topic <laughs> for this podcast before we get into some shit. Mm-hmm. We give y'all this is for the Patreon. Y'all gotta subscribe. Yeah. Anyways, there's been big conversations over the past year just due to senseless killings of black and brown sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest issues that has been talked about is representation in Hollywood. It's been such a noteworthy topic. We've seen so many major motion studios talking about, are we producing enough Black films? What are the stories that we're putting on screen? Who are the voices and narratives that we're portraying on screen? Now, whether it's white guilt or whether it's actual interest in exploring the complexities of blackness we've all been witness to growing up and seeing only certain films being supported in our community we've noticed nat turner and his efforts was it nate turner or nat turner yeah so it's nate turner my apologies so nate turner his efforts to bring to life birth of a nation i actually saw it in theaters i went by myself i went to fenway Shout out to the wood floors. Shout out to movie theaters in general. I miss them. I just, you know, reminiscing. But and it was actually a really good storyline. But the storytelling and the cinematography was phenomenal. Like, it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I'm not, um, by any means, a movie critic. Like, I watched Friday 3,000 times. That brings me to my point is that when we're sitting here and our audience or our patrons you guys are sitting at home listening to us we want to bring the conversation to the table of how much black cinema weighs in in our culture and i'm talking about how we grow up how we speak the references we hear you know it's like an insider to watch certain black movies to say certain black jokes with your friends and just that stamp on the culture and how it's impacted the way we perceive the world and unfortunately the way the world perceives us but the icebreaker i want to introduce was to name three black films that have personally influenced you <laughs> wait, wait 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 can we can we can we go back a little bit because go on. <sighs> I so really... don't come here with no mess nah because my th- listen so you're saying three black films that personally influenced me here i don't like think they I, gotta be deep or that i enjoyed here that really set a precedence in my life influences black joy black intellect black 
presence. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? Is that so that's my our first three film, guidelines? My first film. I didn't ask you to go first. Oh. First of all, we have all right, a regular. I'm a guest. Regular, <laughs> our regular. You don't yeah. show no type of hospitality. Like I'm a guest. I'm excited to hop on oh, this. Like, oh, Becky is a whole thug. She went to jail and go everything. ahead, Bex. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. Holler yours. Like, Holler yours. Three. All right, then. So. My top three, waiting to exhale. Ooh. Because I knew it. I knew it. And I, knew, I, I you know had to know it because I know. I know. Period. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good man, Savannah. Period. Do y'all have second faith? one? Soul food. Do y'all because, have faith? Do y'all have cousin faith? Soul food. Do we all not have a cousin faith? Yeah, faith fucked my husband. That's why I said. Do y'all have faith? I got <laughs> confession. After Becca's done, I got a confession. Go ahead. <laughs> and the third one is solely because it's something I watch like every year with my mama, and it's the preacher's wife. That's a good okay, one. Okay, I got a major so, confession. I have to respond back to your top three. So we have Waiting to Exhale, Soul Food, and the Preacher's Wife. Oh. Oh my God. So I have never watched Soul Food. Are you kidding me? All right. So you know what we're doing after Wait, this? It's on not Amazon the movie. Prime. Wait, no, 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 no. The movie, um, nor the series. I had never watched either. Because, okay, look, okay. We need uh, a, no stipulations, stipulations. We need to discuss this. We all had those movies our mamas did not let us watch when we were younger. And we still watched them. No, I didn't. Listen, That's you need to sit down to watch movies? Wow. We're all, with my... Sit. But you seen Friday? Our family. Yeah. No, I didn't. Wait, wait, so wait till you hear no. my movies, though. Wait till you hear my movie. I didn't and the see crazy Friday until I was sixteen. I didn't say I didn't see Waiting to Exhale until I was twenty-one. You didn't need to see Waiting to Exhale. Period. I know. I lived it. I well, lived it. you at, are at Angela. <laughs> <laughs> like you are Angela. Oh, uh, shout out to Left Eye. Yeah. So, sit, go ahead. What's your? Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Um, it's funny because the first two <laughs> are like, what? And the crazy part is I had, so, so let me give the, the listeners a little big background. I love black movies, but I really love trash black movies just as much as I love good black movies, but any black movie, like <gasps> this is not my list, but video girl is a classic to me. Okay. That was the video one. girl. Yeah. When Megan good, when she was um a video, I know you, you didn't see that one. That was a good one, but my, my top three. If I had to give three, I'll start off with a with a good a good classic. Black Panther is one of my top black. You know what? No, we have to give a round of applause to that. Yeah, yeah a classic. Like, Rest in a peace classic. to the king. I watch Chad Black Bozeman. Panther literally multiple times a year. People are like, you know the word? I know every single word that is in my movie. Um <laughs> The second one, which is not as bad as the third one. The second one's actually Hitch. Hitch is one of my favorite black Actually, movies. I mean, I do we call that a black movie? I, we got to think real quick. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, I guess. Uh, I guess. If there's one black, black person, person in the cast. Okay, then I'll take that a one. black out. movie? You're right. But, but it, right. yeah. Yeah, that's know. not black movie. But I always um, count it as a black movie because it's Will Smith. Um, So you're right. Damn, Will Smith don't really got that many black movies, though. No, he don't. He don't well, be focused. That's yeah. okay. I could tap that one out. Independence Day was the blackest I've seen that, man. <laughs> I could tap that one out because, like I said, I love black movies. Um, my second black movie, then, 
if a real black movie will be dream girls dream girls is it's your dream a girls a classic black mm-hmm. movie can i sing um no <coughs> unless you're gonna do and it uh... no that's not the one we're doing so next no i thought you're gonna do heaven heaven but we're not doing that right now and my third black movie is a classic okay because at the end of the day, I've always learned to make that money. Don't let it make you. And play his club. Oh, my yes. God. Ever. Assume the fucking position. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Say it loud. Oh, I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> One more time for Rodney King. <laughs> Say it loud. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking proud. <laughs> You're lucky it's Black History Month, or it would have been a lot worse. Classic. I'm not at it. It's class. I oh, thought you were going to say acrimony for real, for real. I was going to say, so I that's really the thought you were going to say acrimony and um, Ty- uh, Diary of Mad Black Woman was in there too, but that's all I said. But like Players Club trumps all of Acrimony would be number four. But We've had whole debates on Players acrimony. Club. Because you know what? We can have a whole show on that. <laughs> we can have a whole yes, show on that. We, that that is Patreon content because that will be hilarious. But um, but yeah, so those those would be my three. Black Panther, that that's one. And then Players Club is just... Mm. That, Players Club is an icon. You know they like, took it off of Netflix after a month? Because she was shaking her ass. She shot off the can fucking Can I be honest with room. y'all though? What? I pay $9.99 um, for BET Plus now. Because Players Club is one we of the didn't, movies. We didn't need to really. You didn't mm-hmm. need to share sure that. Is. And I, but you know what you podcast. can let me know? You can slide me that login. I will slide you that login. <laughs> let me tell you. Have you watched so The Family much. Business? Have you watched Paul Weber's The Family Business? You can slide me that login. I will I'm not slide you the login you. after this. They got some good black movies. They got some good black TV shows. And they got some trash ones. Let me tell you right now. I'll slide you the login. But wait. We have to have a serious discussion about Players Club before I give you all my three. Well, go ahead. Was Diamond a bad cousin? No. For getting her no. cousin into no. the strip club. No, her no. cousin made that decision. She did. She came into the strip club. She didn't say, hey, girl, you know. And matter of fact, she tried to tell her not to do it. She did. She tried, you to, know, okay. she tried to get her I not to strip. And then she slept with her man. Like, what? Yeah, no. You know, she's on some, I can do all, I can do bad by my, all by you, myself. You came I'll into her house and lived Ooh. in her house. Ooh. And then slept with her man. She's a cousin Faith. She was. <laughs> she AKA really was. Soul Food, the blueprint. Which came out first? Actually, Soul Food or which one? I, I feel like Soul Food actually might have came out before. Players Club, so that was a blooper because I feel like Soul Food might have been 1997 or 1998. I think Players Club was 99. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't watched Soul Food, so I don't know because it fit. I know there's a black baby, and he be knowing. You mean Ahmad? Every... Yeah. Um, all right, What's so your three? Is so sad. <laughs> What's your three? Because now, you, now you're just wilding. I can't even imagine what her three going to be. What have you seen? Listen, no, I know, I know. She's about okay. to say the Cinderella that just came out on Disney. <laughs> <laughs> impossible i wish we could we pull up the video because i wish y'all could see how i looked at sin impossible. right now yeah like brandy giving, up, giving mm-hmm. up her fucking love for i just want to talk about how she had a wig we don't need to talk about brandy she had people mercy what are your three movies mercy we had people snatching edges for years and she had on a full braid wig what are your three movies we don't need to talk about i'm not doing this <laughs> I'm not still going out my edges. I'm not doing this. Three movies, go. (sighs) Okay, so my three movies are Crooklyn. Okay. Uh, Okay. 
I'll explain why after. Crooklyn is my number one. My number two would one. have to be. Damn, y'all. What is my number two? Don't be a menace in South Central while drinking. You juice. I hood. fucking hate you so much. Y'all think I'm a hood rat? Like, for, for real. <laughs> you said no, actually, yes. movie. actually, it was. I was going to say Best Man, but that's not the name of it. It's The Wood. Do y'all remember The Wood? Oh, yeah. Of they course, got, you remember yes, The Wood. Of course. We want to classic. talk about prototypes. The wood pay, the wood walk, so Tyler Perry could fly, and we're gonna discuss that. Mm, I think all of those. I mean, Trife is Trife. Yeah, Trife is Trife, but so is Bad the best Bay. man was Trife. We're gonna discuss that in the next segment. She better not say what I think she's gonna say for the third one because I'm gonna have to hang up this call. <laughs> what do you think of the third? Boop, you think boop, boop. It I don't got the soundboard, but. She got the soundboard tonight. Uh, let me hear you for your third. And yeah. the show has reached a new low. Uh, it, it, let me see what your third. What is your third movie? Okay, so the third movie will have to be. Are you not like it, Rebecca. It's the color purple, but it's a tie between the color purple. And <laughs> is she kidding me? You know what? At the same time, woman of booster praise. Appreciate that. I love them. I appreciate that. You know what? I'm not. How she go from Crooklyn to the color purple? Because oh my god. You all my life, I had stuff, but you know what that does show that just shows the versatility of the black person. Because every time I turn on the Lifetime channel, it's the same movie with different white people. But black people got from Crooklyn to do the right thing to the color purple. To Tyler Don't get Perry. me wrong, I, c- I was you not in the ratchets, but I want y'all to know. Don't be a menace. It's fucking hilarious. Exactly. That's why I thought you were gonna <laughs> say it. Hilarious. Don't be a man. That she Call me. Wait. Oh damn! Is how high a black movie? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. They went to college uh, with was, white people, but it was it was a black it was black people interacting in a white exactly. space. Exactly. Okay. So yes, but, house okay, party. Yo, house party, but scary movie. Sneak note: scary movie is my favorite movie. She don't love herself. <laughs> Why you hang out with her? She is such a hoe. Why do you say that? Because I've seen her. I look over and there was your girl getting bucked wild in the jacuzzi. So? With a backup dancer. I mean, that's nasty. That's, that's lower than the security guard. At least security can get you backstage. She don't love herself. Yo, Brenda honestly made Brenda scary movies. Really and I, I was pissed the when they killed her. Because I was like, she was the best character in the scary movie franchise. Regina Hall deserves her flowers. She deserves all, all of them. Bouquets. All of them. Every movie she's in, like, I watch movies for Regina Hall. Every single movie she's in is good. I've Everyone. never seen a bad movie. Even Big, like people were shitting on Big, and I that was, you know. Wait, wait, which one was that? Oh, when which she was, was with the with... little girl, and they sw- yes, that was a good one. No, that was good. That, that was, was good, a good movie to me. I saw bad movies for it, but I loved it. But you know what? I like movies like this because when you think about it, everything everybody picked ain't got nothing to do with slavery. Thank Don't God. got nothing to do Let's with talk about it. Struggle. I like Except movies with us just do. I mean, well. <laughs> 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 she love Harper. Yo. <laughs> but you know that's that? the but that's a quotable ass movie. Yeah. Like I think that a lot of people think though when they think of black like when they in in the I think the most frustrating thing is when they think of prominent like black powerful movies they think of like Roots, The Color Purple, Amistad. Like those are classics. But I'm like, yeah, but you got to think about the real classics. I don't condone it. It was not a good love story, but it is a classic. Love and basketball is a classic. Let's not. Ah, uh, no. It Brown, is so trash. It is a classic, though. Bruh. No. Brown sugar. Absolutely classic. Not. 
Oh my god, no! Brown the sugar, whole text, the love it. Okay, okay. <laughs> love it. Wait, wait, wait! Brown sugar was the one with Darius, and what was the girl's name? I don't know their names. Yo, I know Sanaa Lathan and the black Yo, that man. goddamn poem. Say, baby, can I be your slave? I've got to admit, girl, you're the shit. The whole text, love it. And I'm digging you off the grave. Ladies, if he puts a poem in your DMs, Google it. I bet you it's from not if it's me. That actually happened to me once. I remember. I write all my shit. So if y'all hit me up, ladies, y'all gonna get an original sin post. I write all my shit, but. There are also black movies that it's the same black movie with different actors every time. Like The Perfect Man, When the Bow Breaks. Those are all the same movie. Ease Bayou. Valid. No Good Deed. They're all the same movie. With Ease Bayou was the blueprint. Yo, but we're, for, we're forgetting the most important classics. Harlem Nights, Coming to America. Yeah, they're the making a two and I'm not classics. happy. I'm not happy. I, know, we gotta I would like to see to it. Too. I'm excited to see I'm it. Excited. I'm glad I have I'm scared. Time. I'm scared. I really am. But you I know definitely. what? I'm not because I haven't gotten anything other than funny. From yeah, the trailers the actually look yeah. really good. The trailer does look really good, but I'm still a Hall, little afraid. So, so hopefully, I just feel like. Do you guys remember coming to America and how tongue and she like that? They crossed the line that movie several times. I'm gonna watch that before. I watch do y'all the think one. it's gonna be on that level? No, I hope so. I, I hope I so. Don't. It's 2021. I don't think it's gonna be because the thing about it is that you gotta also think about. Coming to America in the time that it came out and coming to right. America in 2021. We all like, are sensitive. Everybody's sensitive now. Everybody's sensitive about everything. And you can't say nothing and somebody just flare up like, oh my God, you can't say that. Like, so coming to America is an original classic that's hilarious and timeless because you can do what you wanted to do now. It's like you got to have censorship. I could see, like, this is way off topic, but I was watching the news last night and apparently some girl's trying to sue Tom Brady because she threw the trophy to the crowd and she was like, that trophy has been passed down from generation to generation and he had no right to desecrate it. I'm like, girl, what that gotta do a with trophy. Her? It's a trophy, bro. A trophy. First of all, what was she shooting? Was they shoot? Do they but yo, they let pass? me tell you the funniest part. Do they be like the hockey puck? The newscaster looked at the other newscaster when the the, the clip was done and was like, "Yeah, I don't think she can get far with that one." He's like, "Yeah, no, no, no." <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> "They dead played her on the." End. I don't think she can get far with that one. But like, yeah, I mean, people are just what being lawyer sensitive. took the case? Because I've been like, "You wasting my time." They said, "Take the coins." What? I mean, I, I guess I'll take the coins unless it's one of those like you only get it. Let me talk. Okay. Let me tell you something about Tom. I know Tom's the star, but the real star is Giselle because Giselle be putting crystals in Tom's lock. Look it up. Look it up. It's not Teresa talking nonsense. Look it up. Giselle is a real ass witch. Y'all need to stop playing with my girl. I so, just recommend. What's the next topic? Re- <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? What's I recommend. Because I'm <laughs> crystals from next topic. <laughs> All right. So the next topic is. We we enjoy black cinema. We've talked about the classics. We talked about how it's really like changed our you know changed our perspectives and influenced us. But how deep does black cinema go for us? Is it a communication for us? Is it like it has it shaped the way like we interact? Because remember, for example, Boys in the Hood. We watch Boys in the Hood, but gangster rap still 
excelled to the highest of heights. And the only thing that stopped that was Biggie and Tupac's unfortunate deaths. So is it better for us to kind of see, like Rebecca was talking about, the Black trauma play out on television and film? And does that affect us to navigating our realities into a better lens? Or do you feel like Black cinema is just like a time capsule or trauma porn or something that it documents our culture but doesn't influence our culture it's just an unnecessary form of entertainment it's a little question i honestly think that black cinema is needed it facts those movies that we talked about they permeate our entire culture facts um we can all probably name a quote from one of those movies like i remember i was in college me and my friend would be across the street and we would literally like be like hand clapping across. If I haven't seen her, we would pull out a color purple and be like, yes, we'd be like across the street. It just, it's a part of like our culture and who we are and how we communicate, how we laugh, how we joke. Um, because art is an imitation of life. Yeah. So what we see and what we show ourselves and what we show the world about us is important. Um so that's why I always say it doesn't have to always be, you know, trauma porn. We don't got to see, you know, all these different stories about, you know, the worst period of our history, because we all, in some ways we know that. Um, and I don't, and sometimes when they do those movies, I'm, I don't go see them because I'm like, that's not for me. And that's what it is. I think the biggest that's not thing for me, that's for them. is that those movies you know? are not for us. I think when I think of black cinema, I think of black excellence, whether it is the colored purple or soul food. And I think of it as a lens of when when we got on this show and we were talking about soul food and Becca and I were going back and forth and just reminiscing about those things. That movie came out how long ago? And and Mercy's like, I need to see that, right? I think of black cinema as a depiction of of a culture that we have lived, no matter what this portion is. But I think it also then gets taken and turned into other things, right? So I when I think of Django, a joke, a travesty, because I think even with that movie, <laughs> that movie, <clears throat> like it was trying to make satire off of slavery, where slavery is not a satirical thing. One and two, it's like the people who are going to see that movie were not us. We saw it because we thought it was going to be something different. The reason I didn't see Harriet because I was like, I'm not going to watch this to give this money to, to to pay. First off, what frustrates me the most is that when you see the Tyler Perry's. And 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 the Carl Webbers and whatnot, those are black movies made by black people. When the the Harriet movie was directed by a white man, written by a white cast. So why am I gonna go see a white movie? Because it's a white movie, it's not a black movie, it's black people in it, it's about black people, but white people wrote that. I'm not gonna support that. Okay. When I think of 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 even going to the movie theaters and seeing these movies and sitting there, I wrote, I'll never forget when I went to go see Fruitvale Station. I did mm. not know what Fruitvale Station was about. Yep, I got sucked when into I that too. When I sat there and watched that movie, a woman, a black woman, got up in the in the front when the movie was done and said, "Welcome to our world, white people." Because when the lights came on, mad of the audience was white, yo. and that's what frustrates me the most with 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 black cinema. She was. I was like, "Yo, thank you," but that's what frustrates me the most is that like. The movies like the Harriets and 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 the the Queen and Slims and all of that have black touches, 
but are not black movies made by black people. I think of these movies that were created from a culture, created from an experience, created from from something that they they knew, right? When you think of do the right thing, you say do the right thing like yes. Spike Lee because yep. that's something that he knew, okay? Like and then even when you have these black movies, people will take depictions of them and try to make like remakes and all these other, and they just don't work. So when I think of black cinema, I think it becomes this trauma porn because then it's like over sensualized by these white people who want to learn about our history. But like, bro, we tell you about our history all the time. You don't want to listen to it. So why are you paying fifteen ninety nine to the white movie theater to go see a movie made by a white person? That's not going to tell you about our history. I think that's the realest thing ever, son. And, uh, and like branching off of what you and Becca said, it's for me, I've always loved Spike Lee as a kid. I mean, since you've grown up with me, I was obsessed and still am obsessed. Like I can't wait to get my first place so I can just have Spike Lee paraphernalia all over my apartment. Because for me, it was just like, it was just beautiful seeing black people. Yeah. It wasn't like the most ideal situations, but he captured New York. He captured our lifestyles. He captured our culture, the way we talk. And not only that, but it's like, oozing of our spirit and our swag and our personas and how cool we were how hip we were and mm-hmm. our lingo mm-hmm. and the talk and like with Crooklyn I think I glossed over because we were joking a lot but the reason I chose Crooklyn as like my number one is because it was just dope being able to see a young black girl's story being told and even though Crooklyn had many arenas of the movie it was it for me as a young black girl I felt like that representation mattered because it made me feel like my story is is valuable. It's something to tell. And just even something as simple as her arguing with her brothers or stealing quarters out of her brother's room and then her mom getting sick and then her dad dealing with that. It was just dope to me to one, see a healthy Black family and mm-hmm. not even like an expansive Black family because she ended up going down south to her cousin's house and seeing a whole new family dynamic. But also just witnessing how a coming of age story for a young black girl can be translated so beautifully and even with there you go she's got what well, we did i didn't watch that till again i was older that was one of those movies that i never got to watch and the and then Halle Another berry classic. with um girl number six it was just dope him just putting these stories on to black cinema but also being championed by white people and i know it took spike lee forever forever to finally win the awards but he was always coveted in our community he was our standard but not only with that it's just yeah we watched roots as a homework assignment but i didn't i didn't watch roots i didn't watch a time to kill i didn't watch any of these movies where it was just depicting black trauma unless i was forced to or unless i would have to be graded on it so it was just for me like even though it's canceled, the Cosby show, like the French Bel Air, like these shows symbolize like a healthy black unity and a healthy black family. And I think we don't really value that. Like I know people talk about Boys in the Hood and Friday and all these cult classics, but mm-hmm. we never really give big ups to the the movies that really shaped us. Like for you guys talking about Soul Food, I'm like, damn, that's another movie about a black family that I missed out on. It was good. You know? And then and and for us to have this common like unfortunate stereotype that the black family is divided and it's not supported it's just interesting thinking back when i was a kid it's like all i saw on tv was healthy black families so what are people really talking about so it's just a little seed that was planted in my head just reviewing the topics for today and just thinking about is that why like i'm so invested in like having a black husband and having black ass kids or was it really just i i enjoy seeing happy families like you know i just 
you know, did that really mold me into my desires or did that really define my purpose in a way to say? I feel that. You know why? Because I think that even just made me think about, wow, in our society, people have only seen positive Black families. That's what I'm like. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bill Cosby, Family Matters, Sister Sister, Family Matters, Moesha. You've only see even when it was half and half like they still was coming together half and half all of us one-on-one you know to me like even I mean, it- and if you want to take it all the way back you can like good times was trash good times the jeffersons that, you like- know james was a james i wouldn't have picked him to be my favorite tv dad because i'm not trying to get my ass whooped but <laughs> you know he was there and he held it down until they took them off the show. But, you know, I feel there's just this thing when it comes to Black cinema is that stereotype that's put on us. So we always feel like we have to show these things because there's this belief that they don't exist. So we always make sure to put them in our art. We always feel like our art has to be about, you know, something that matters. It can't just, it can't be trivial. It can't just be like, any other random love story. You know how many different versions of what the proposal or whatever it is, like by white notebook, whatever. There's 18,000 of them. Child Don't tell them to make lifetime. anything perfect. Like, no Y'all make the same lifetime. movie over and over and over. So, you know, lifetime. why can't we just have something that's not about heartache and pain and trauma? I think why can't can. it just be whimsical? But like I said before, I think it's also like what I've gotten really into is just seeing who is creating what we are watching. So the reason, like I said, that I will not watch Harriet is, yes, because it's a slave movie. I really don't need to see Harriet Tubman as as Usain Bolt running the Underground Railroad. Like, I know what she did. I'm not going to watch a movie that was produced and created by a white cast playing off of this trauma porn by, of Black people. You're now profiting off of us. Like, this has nothing to do with you. Go write your own movie. You have so many that actually really don't. But you could write another, hmm. you know, life could have a notebook too. Y'all can make a new Mean Girl six. Do something else. I don't appreciate they that. Not make a Mean Girl. <laughs> well, I they know. should not be making Harriet, and I think that that's a bigger issue. Like, why would you even allow something like that when you have these prominent black people making prominent black movies? And and I will say this: Tyler Perry's going. We go in there. Let's go there. Let's the edges. Let's electric slide to the biggest controversy we need to talk about. Which one is How, this? I mean, Tyler Perry. Tyler. Tyler Perry's actors are not well polished. Um, I cares about the community. Neither but is that's their what hairline. As Tyler's yes. movies are mediocre and the same thing over and over again, and his his TV shows are less than. I think a bigger thing is that Tyler does take his funds and give back to the community. Tyler built his way up from the bottom to the top. Tyler should be recognized because he is doing something that is prominent. Like the fact that the people aren't the best actors is because Tyler's giving people chances to showcase themselves. And I think I still think that's admirable, right? Like you're not going to get it right the first time you do something. And and I support all Tyler Perry productions, not necessarily because they're good, but because I feel like <laughs> if I'm going to sit here and watch these other TV shows that everybody's going to get ratings off of it. I want the black people to win, too. Listen, sisters, it's trash, but I watch that every Wednesday or I record it. Shout out the, to the ball, the bad. Oh my the god, the yeah. oval is back tomorrow. Now that shit's good. That show, that is <laughs> okay. If we're gonna Perfect if we're gonna harp on Lifetime though, and the Notebook, and all these proposal, you know, the proposal like 
Tyler Perry making the same fucking movie over and over. Can we talk but about But you know it? what? I'm not even going to get mad because he keeps people employed. Like, he took care of Mother Sicily for, he like, did. for years. And not and only so does he keep people mean, employed, he keeps conversations going because we still talking about acrimony. I mean, so should he be doing something a little bit different? On the boat? In his writer's room, no, taking a little bit more time. No, you know and why? Other, but no, this he works. can't write, produce, star, do hair, makeup, photography. Well, he can't because um, he doesn't. Media. He doesn't do it now, Becca. He don't do it now. Like it looks like. No, time. I mean him doing it all himself. <laughs> no, 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 no. Currently, no, he said it's bad. He said he said he was writing those scripts himself, and he was like the chi- day. You remember turnitin.com where you had to submit that assignment by 11.59? God bless if you was two seconds late. That's what Tyler Perry be doing. I want all the listeners right now to go and Google Tyler Perry. Look at his Absolutely Wikipedia. Don't. Uh-uh. Scroll to the scroll. Just do a random. You know how we do scrolls on the show? Just do a random scroll and choose a movie or a show and watch one episode or one Please part don't. of that movie. And then when you're done with it, scroll one more time, choose another one, and it'll probably be the same thing. But you can works. now leave voice messages on our anchor. So you can go to anchor.fm slash poor and then you can cuss it out personally. We'll play it on the show. We can actually watch a movie together if you'd like. I got Zoom. If you're going to go do that, the plays are better than the movies. I just want to put that in there for I some guess. of us. Um, the plays are just it's still like two and a half hours. I mean, did, did he kill off Medea yet? She had a farewell tour. Not, she had a farewell yeah, tour. Yeah, she had a farewell tour. But she's not it's dead, on BT Plus if you'd like my login. Oh my God. Remarkably, you know, we have Spike Lee, we have Ava DuVernay, we have Tyler Perry, we have the heavy hitters of the film industry. Tyler Perry has also, unfortunately, what did Oprah produce? She got owned. Anyways, Queen Sugar. Auntie, I love you. I love you so much. We talking? Okay, we talking about her employing and putting Tyler positions to win. Greenleaf, but but okay, but Tyler has also showcase the very ills of the black community the way we're preachers cheating spouses fucking homeboy y- laughing at sheila when she came out with the lingerie but Charlotte wait twin. i think that that was his life though tyler perry lived the thing the, the, the experiences that we watch in these movies are lived experiences for tyler Someone so, told me acrimony was on his base on his base on his life, and I will really. I don't think it, all of his life. Well, that like, changes everything for me. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. That changes everything for me. Tyler Perry was like I said before. He was homeless. He had nothing. No one believed in him, and then had he made wig. something for himself. What happened in acrimony? The man had nothing, and he made something for himself. Tyler <laughs> Perry does right parts of his life into his stories it may not be the full thing but he's coming from a lived experience so if that's his lived experience of going through some of these things then that's what he's going to write about because that was i mean he of course he didn't have like a machine and then i don't he was never married to a woman so then she he didn't take advantage of her and all these other things but he was a person who was very unsuccessful no one believed in his dream continued to believe in his dream finally somebody believed a little bit in his dream and now he owns tyler perry studios in atlanta giving people jobs no, I mean, that is inspirational. What I do think he needs to do is to, um, you know, <laughs> let some other people into the room, you know, like open the door for some other, you know, black people instead of just the same like eight people he uses for all his series um, and all his movies. And well, he did open the door for them. the writer's room. They trash. Okay, for just like just the same eight people. Like, I appreciate him giving Taraji a check for like three three checks. Oh, like, God, three, I love checks. every talk to I appreciate one. that. Hundreds of checks. Uh, I could do that all by myself. Acrimony. Oh, it's all good. It's so good. Mm. 
I appreciate that, but like, I mean, the reason I won't expand. say the reason I won't say like, oh, well, Tyler can get Perry quality stuff. cast himself in all of his productions is he's a he he's a larger scale version of the Nutty Professor. No, he's because a larger Eddie scale Murphy version did of play. Diddy. Eddie Murphy did play all the parts in the Nutty Professor one and two, but it was good. Tyler Perry's not good though, so you can. <laughs> Like you're getting, but you're it was get. good, and I think that's what you're missing out on was that it was that was good, and he's but, actually a comedian. But Tyler like, Perry's never going to he? be good. He's never going to be good. Tyler Perry's not good. But wait, wait, we have to. There's a good Tyler Perry movie. Who? Acrimony. The family that prays. I so <laughs> the family that prays is too intense for me. The family that prays is what? That's the one where um she was a Carthright and then she got her ass knocked over the, the table. <laughs> That's what, that's what, that's what, is that the one? <laughs> yeah, he's a right and then she just <laughs> molly whopped her right over the 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 diner table. Oh, that was a good ass movie. Yeah, that was crazy. He did um, and it had Alfred Woodard in it. And I'm mad I didn't put Holiday Heart as one of my top three movies. Yo, Holiday, uh, stop she was it. A good she was the best crackhead ever. Um, I'm trying to think Aside of Tyler for Perry Sam, movies that Samuel were L. Jackson. Listeners, I need y'all to write on that anchor page. What is, I mean, if you, what is one, your, yeah, what's your what favorite Tyler you Perry guys, movie? Because I really yeah. can't, I can't think of a good Tyler Perry movie other than The Family That Prays and Acrimony. Good is subjective when it comes to Tyler Perry. No, <laughs> like, but nothing that he you. does is good. Is what you, what you Diary of a Mad Black like. Woman was good. We gotta think. What? Why did I get Shemar married? Morris that was no. Why? I day. pray for you more than I pray for myself. That was. Why good. did I get married? Was my favorite. Gone Girl. Yo, Tyler Perry did do Gone Girl. What? That's what? my favorite. Y'all never saw Gone Anywho. Girl? No, but I didn't know Tyler Perry did it. T- wait, can we go back to why did I get married? One or two? Both of them. Um, both of them were actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Well, the two was too much. Even so I'm not going to lie to you. Can I tell you? two was too much. No, but that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he get married? That one? was my favorite part of all of Tyler Perry's franchises when she sent the cake to his job and was like, "Happy birthday, bitch!" And since you want to be a little bitch, and then she had somebody pop <laughs> out, <laughs> and then he got hit by the truck, and then she was screaming his name, and then I don't know why, but see, this is why I said to Becca, like Tyler Perry just got to stay with stay with who he has. He got to stay with the Tarajis because when Janet looked at everybody in that room and said, "Hold them." other and i was i was in tears laughing and this was not a funny moment <laughs> I hate this was so not much. a funny moment <laughs> and it was not made for that point when 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 she went into the house and started breaking shit up and they sat there and then when he poured the the water or the alcohol over her head and she Yo, was don't there. play with janet janet's an og janet. when it comes to acting janet's an og janet was penny on good times janet is y'all, an og y'all should know what was up when homegirl came to go see check about her friend and janet came out with haha who who who'd you get the money to hairstyle with her little Listen. jerry curl wet and wavy she was on it <laughs> She was on it. I think we give Janet a little bit too much credit, but I won't, <laughs> I won't go, go into Janet will be left alone. Greedy, greedy, greedy. Try to hide it if you needed to. Uh-huh. That was my favorite Janet song. Oh my gosh, she also was Best in Nutty Professor since we brought that up. You know? So was Eddie Murphy and all of his counterparts. We don't give Eddie Murphy his roses and we really need to like give him a round of applause he right now. 12, he gave us party all the time. Uh, we didn't need to bring that up. I'm gonna say the applause. You're right. 
I just want you know. Uh-uh. That is a classic. Y'all need no, to no some respect. I will not imagine he yo imagine he does like it. You know what? Eddie Murphy and um, Rick James. It was the eighties, and it was a lot of coke. You know, so just let them have that moment. Because that moment also gave you coming to America. So we just gone, just let yeah, it ride. Yeah, you're right. Because Homeboy was definitely. Was definitely I'm, I have, to, I have to apologize because when you said Coke, the first thing that popped in my head was that episode on the E channel when Bobby and Whitney was just dancing back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. so now that we have delved into what black cinema has meant to us how it shaped us how it's influenced us and just the good conversation we had about the what we really saw in the narratives we witnessed on television we have to go into one of the biggest hits uh, that branched in at the cusp of the year, which was Disney Pixar's Soul. That's my movie. Ooh, ooh. I cried. Did you, did you, did you guys... Spoiler know? alert. You should, I feel like you got to put some a spoiler alert. If you ain't watched Soul to... at this point, <laughs> I really don't know. You about to watch it because we... Yeah, this is going to be a whole spoiler alert, but I cried. So if you haven't watched the movie, we do encourage you to spend that $8. Was it $7.99? Go get you a sign free up, trial. Sign up for Disney Plus and watch this movie because it is definitely a life changer. And I think like the thing about Soul that really differentiates it from a lot of cartoon movies, like we all love a good Space Jam. We all love the Goof Troop. Those are black. Was it a Goofy movie or Goof Troop? Whatever. My Goofy gotta be black. Goofy was. Black I mean, because it was. I'm you gonna saying. tell me <laughs> <laughs> they had, why Goofy gotta be black? They had T- Campbell doing a moonwalk on the top of the stage. Like, child, no. He had a white ass friend. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, they was black. They was black as hell. They was black. <laughs> but the difference with Soul is just after you watch it, I have to say that's one of the few movies that I had to like sit in silence for a good five minutes before I did anything else. I contemplated everything about my life after watching that movie. I literally Ooh, I cried. I <laughs> sat there and said, Am I really fulfilling my destiny? Well, I had that's... a breakdown halfway through. Yo. And then I got to the end and I was like, Oh, oh, yeah. You talking about spoiler alert. Disney should have been like, You should really watch this with your therapist. No, because <laughs> even being introduced to 22 from the jump, I was like, ooh, little rebel. Yeah, I can feel ooh, that. I have a question. Little Which rebellious. one of us out of the three is 22? You. Huh? I'm definitely, no, y'all know, y'all know, who, y'all know who I am in the movie. Y'all You're know 22. who I am in the movie. You're 22. Don't play. Don't play. You're 22. Nah, nah, I don't think she's 22. If it was if out of the three of us... I don't think any of us are really 22. Yeah, I don't think any of us would be 22, but if it was yeah. the three of us, Mercy's uh, 
First of all, no, she's Moonwind. Okay, thank you. No, no, no. I mean, like because right, Mercy, so Mercy said that Mer- Mercy said that Mercy's Moonwind. So I want to know what you think makes Mercy Moonwind because I need to hear from all you. All right. So I don't know. Obviously, if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, if you, you haven't, know, I'm gonna give you five seconds to get out. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, go ahead. Anyway, so Moonwind. <laughs> Moonwind is this character in Soul who has been able to transcend various planes. And I'm like, first of all, if that ain't Teresa, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But like Moonwind is just has this ability to keep their physical body in the plane that we would probably be living in. And then end up in kind of the zone great before area. Becca, you don't gotta be funky for these people. Taking psychedelics and all the weed. That's what I was oh. like. Okay. I mean, well, I if like, we're talking about that, because Moonwind seemed like a hippie. How, I mean, Moonwind was a hippie, and Moonwind was able to do all that extra and stuff, that's and why. like, and like Mercy be into all that extraness and be like going to different okay. planes okay. and like meeting different people. It can okay. tell you about your past life, future life. I was Three lives before. What was his name? Um, who you trying to be? There's one person missing. We need to figure out. You are not. <laughs> you are not Terry. I'm, I'm gonna make sure. Yo, everybody, <laughs> everybody's in line. You are not. Everybody's in line. Sin, I will. Everyone's sin in line. Terry. Sin everyone's in line. At, let me tell you, when I saw Terry in that damn file cabinet, that in that file the- cabinet, I was like, "Yep, everybody's in line." And then what happened? How? What? Where was Terry Receipts. at? When Terry was Receipts. looking for Joe, where was Terry at? On a wall, a shadow. What would I be? A shadow. You wouldn't know I'm looking for you until I found you. You wouldn't know I'm coming for you until I came for you. I wouldn't even, I would ask, wait, wait. There's supposed to be 742 people on this line, right? Okay, bet. And then go and figure out what it is. And that's exactly what Terry did. You tell me I'm going to do that. I mean, Terry, a whole score. The list, the list, and then Terry was hurt and pissed because. But then you know what? Actually, know what? I take my statement back. You are Terry because at the end, Terry asks for an award, and that would be you. Exactly. You know what? I did all of this. I fixed it. See, and that's what I said. Where's my award? And because he was hurt, he was hurt. No, nobody wanted to give you anything. He was wrong, dead wrong, and he was hurt. And then he asked. Can I come back to talk about when um, Sin asked for a surprise birthday party? I'll come back. Because wasn't nobody gonna give it to me? Yo, (laughs) wasn't nobody gonna give it? We opened a lot of wounds on this episode. That's I felt Terry. I felt content because it's not. It's not a matter of of you know right or wrong. It's just okay. He was supposed to be here. He's not here. I don't care who he is. I don't care if he's supposed to be dead. I don't care if he's not supposed to be dead. He was supposed to be here and he's not here. So I need to figure out what's going on. All right. So if you're Terry, I have a question about that. Cause I, when I thought about the count and him tripping about the count. So to me, if you have a count, you have a number, you know how many are supposed to be there. Doesn't that mean there's a finite number in existence? I'm glad already? you said that. Cause I was like, you even talk like Terry right now. But the but no 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 for real because when that, I watched though. it I was like Terry is so pressed over one person because it's gonna throw off the algorithm. But if the algorithm 
was an infinite amount of people because there's no like rhyme nor reason past where they're going to be in the great beyond, then why is he so pressed about it? Which means that Terry must know something that we don't know, which is why I said I'm Terry because I probably would know some shit that people don't know. Yes. <laughs> Yo, like, what? I have to say though, I couldn't. Re- I mean, because like with Joe, it was like I felt bad for Joe. I I couldn't see myself in Joe. With twenty two, twenty two was a little bit like honestly, I can see the little rebellious side. But at the end of the day, eh, I guess eh, I could relate. I mean, we're all Joe. We Everybody's all Joe. Joe. We are all Joe. That's the sad oh, part. Is that I really wanted to that's fight the it. Point. We're all Joe. Nobody but, wants to own up that they're Joe, but everybody's Joe. When did y'all realize y'all were Joe, though? Let's get into um, it. When he played that music and he didn't want to play no more? Oh, when no, did I realize? When you, when you reached your peak and you're like, okay, and you don't so, want to do this shit no more. You're no, done. it wasn't even that. It's like, okay, so what's next? Because... It, but it didn't. You, the thing about it is like, you know how you work up to something and then you finally get it done and then it's like, that was really not worth all. And you're like, I should yeah. be happy. I checked all the boxes. That's when like, I felt like is, Joe. Is there a glitch? Like I should be happy now, right? But no. even with 22, I feel like 22 was was a little bit of everybody. I mean, I could relate to 22 in the sense of like, oh, I think I know it all. I actually posted something on Facebook about that today. Like you, I'm working on not being the smartest person in the room because there are people who know better things than I do, and I need to be wrong. And I feel like with 22, 22 is like I've done this every 25,000 times. Like you can't teach me nothing. And then when 22 finally started to see the light of where they could go they didn't want to be like oh my god i want to be here because i'm learning something it was like no let me make up another excuse and then get pissed when they don't get to do what they wanted to do which i feel very much i could resonate with that. that's not how i view 22 yeah. at all no because i feel how'd like when tw- yeah go oh, ahead. them sorry no gender we'll no talk gender. about that how'd later. you view 22 22 was just an individual who saw all the pain and suffering in the world and said why should i even bother with that Mm. You know, and then in 22 Mm. is, you know, when 22 was sitting there going like when she heard or they heard all of all the bad things everyone's ever told them. That's all of us, because you don't remember the good things people tell you. You remember all the bad things and it plays on a loop. And sometimes a passing comment is louder in our heads. A passing comment is like we can transform that and make it grow into something that's bigger than what it actually was. And we hold on to that negativity rather than listening to anything positive anyone has ever told us because the negative is easier to believe than the positive. I, I resonate with that. And I think another thing I want to add on to that is I think with 22, I saw a person where it was like, you're never going to remember what people say to you, but you're always going to remember how they made you feel. And she embodied a lot of the feelings of things that, or they embodied a lot of the feelings of things that happened to them. But the reason why I said the thing before was because there was a turning point in the movie where you could see where 22 was actually enjoying life. But because they've lived a life of like, this is who I am. This is who I continue to portray. I'm not going to be like that, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm enjoying life right now. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess this is cool. Like, even when they were talking to the the little girl who played the trumpet, like, they were always the person that was pushing back. But with this, it was like, oh, no, I'm going to help coach you through this. And it's like, that was a turning point for them. So I think that the reason I had said that before was I agree with what you're saying, because you you definitely hit it on, on the nose of, like, 22 was somebody who 
embodied a lot of negativity and became that negativity. But I think another thing about 22 is that 22 is a very complex character because they also had this moment of like, oh my goodness, I think I might be getting to the point where I finally am going to be able to do something. But then Becca, like Becca said, somebody told him, no, you're not going to be able to do that. And then they just spiraled backwards. I think that that was a big moment for me too. I think for 22, it's with the character, just the ambiguity of the character being like this blob that just decided to choose a voice. And she's like, and well, they're like, oh, I just choose this voice because it's the most annoying voice that I could find. And it's just like, she's so, well, there, I'm sorry to keep giving it a gender, but the soul is so adamant about kind of being a nuisance but being mm-hmm. an enjoyable nuisance in a way it's like it knew very much that it was causing people strife but it just continued to do its own thing because at, at this point it's like i'm confused because i feel like 22 was at peace with everything did you guys get that from the movie because i feel like the soul was like at peace with the fact that it just wasn't it wasn't gonna go to earth it's like all right you know i don't think so i don't know if it's peace i would say 22 was accepting what was given to them and they were just going to keep on riding with that. 22 just never found the spark and said, you know what, then I'm broken then. Yep. Then it doesn't exist for me. Like, if 22 was at peace, 22 wouldn't have kept all those um, name tags of all the... Of um, the mentors. Of the mentors that they yeah. had. Like, you're not going to keep a list of everybody that came to you that couldn't help you. 22 or, literally um, like- And then at one point, I think 22 actually said um, that... I'm just not good enough. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that 22 was really, was really personifying something like, like Becca, I keep going back to this, but like the negativity that was thrown at them. If 22 had 22 mentors, all 22 were negative. And then it wasn't more so like 22 was like, oh, these mentors are negative because of X, Y, and Z. I am negative. I am not able to do this. They have told me these things about myself. I am not able to work with people. Look at what they said about me. And 22 just started turning that into like, hey, if this is what y'all got to say about me, cool. I'm just going to do what I need to do for me because y'all don't care. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here, whatever. You're sending me back to earth. We already did this. Why am I going back? You already know I'm going to fail. So I'm going to go down there and fail. What's the point? And I think that that was the the thing that, and and that was one of the big reasons why it was so impactful when 22 got sent to that dark place because it was like they were finally finding something that they never saw in their lives before. They never saw happen to them. It was like, what? I'm not going to admit to this joy, but I've never felt this. And, and now all of a sudden, Joe wants to take this away from me. Nah, fuck that. Because you know what? I got so close to something that I was supposed to get to, right? Because remember, this is what mm. they're supposed to do. I got yeah. so close Finally, after time and time and time again of this person telling me no and this person telling me no, just for someone to take it away from me again, nah, fuck y'all, I'm done. And I think that's the point that 22 really got to because it, it and that, that, that was honestly the part that was sad for me because it was like, we've all been there. <laughs> Like we've mm-hmm. all been at the point so where it's like it. so close to the thing that you are so desirable of. And then when it gets snatched away from you again, it's like, what's the point? What What is the point of me actually now starting this all over? Right. That could be applicable for any part of our lives. 
You get to a job mm-hmm. and you 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 work so hard and you thought you were gonna get that that promotion. You sit down in the boardroom and then you hear you didn't get that promotion. You're like, fuck it, I'm not doing all this work. You in a relationship and you in this relationship and y'all been dating, 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 getting real far, and then it's like, oh, it's not working out. Well, I don't want to date again, you know? And I feel like that was what really resonated with me from 22 is like this trial and error to the point of just defeat. Uh, you make you touched on so many poison but for this is so many themes oh, oh my god, god. I, well i want to highlight something about that scene too and i think for me i'm a visual person i get very captivated by images so the way they portrayed the zone like that creative trance that artists writers um just creatives go to where it's just like they're in a trance almost and they're kind of playing in between two worlds the spiritual realm and the physical realm but also that scene with 22 where it's like the pit you know it's like the when you're so low because you became so close but something was snatched away from you that it's kind of like this hurricane this storm this whirlwind and you just see these monstrous figures talking in your voice saying negative things to you that other people have said to you. And I think that's so real for a lot of us, especially like what Sin said. And I think Rebecca, you touched on this too, of just having those voices of people saying like a, like a slick comment, but it's so loud when you look back on it. And for some reason, it's like an echo of your voice. It's like you reciting the worst things to yourself and that debilitating you from really, pulling yourself out of that area of just being like almost frozen in self-doubt and guilt. Like we've all mm-hmm. been there. I think 2020 in itself has revealed that about everyone. It's just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing all this for? Is this life really pointless? And why am I just stuck here in this rut? Like, how do I get out? Right. And also that moment, if you remember, it was, um, it looked massive to 22. Like yeah. it was yes. like, it was, the, it took up the whole screen. And when you panned yes. out, they were just chilling there, like in front of everybody. So it wasn't really that big of a, of a thing. It just kind of encapsulated them. So I think that just proves that sometimes our darkest moments are so big to us and it will just be right in front of everybody. Yes. And another oh, that's thing real, is like, Becca. That's, that, Becca, that's the point. Becca, that, that hit on the nail for like, I've been saying this and I've been getting into this mode and mantra of like understanding myself because I don't want to, th- when I understand myself, I don't, don't want to then judge other people for their, for where they're at. Cause I think that even in our society, a lot of times we can easily say like, Oh, well, this person is that way because they do this. Right. But then if I think about even myself, why do I do things? So why am I getting up to do this thing? This is what my reason is the same way. This is what my reasoning is. Somebody could have the complete opposite. So what am I to judge them for? Because they have the complete opposite of me, right? I may find something extremely passionate that Becca may find obsolete. But I think the biggest thing in this is not that Becca should find it passionate like I do, or even think that like, oh, sin's right for being passionate about that. But she should just respect that I find that passionate. And I find that a lot of times we don't give each other that grace and respect that is deserved. Like even with 22, 22 is able to become the negativity that was spewed onto her because no one would ever see her in a positive light or even see her side or their side of things, right? Maybe they are like this because they've been to earth X amount of times and never found their spark, right? It was no like, oh, 22 is difficult. 
22 don't like to talk to nobody. 22, oh, 22, that's 22. Not, you know, 22 has been on earth about 30 times and never found the spark. Maybe that's why they feel like that. Maybe we should be looking into a little bit more of that. And I think that a lot of people, when they see, it's easier to then just let go and give up on that person because they're already down on themselves. They're already negative about it. It's going to be even harder to bring them out of that rut. And then it's just a big cycle. And I think that watching that movie, and the reason I said, like at the end, honestly, I started crying because I was like, this whole movie is just a depiction of, of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, it sounds stupid because like, yeah, it's about soul. It's about life. But like genuinely how fragile life is, how fragile words can be that really carry on with you years later. Things people told you in high school that may not be true for you right now. And then somebody's like, well, get over it. It was in high school. But like you don't know that person's experience and how that really formed them, right? Because it would be easy to say for 22, get over it. Like you're going to find your spark. But thinking now that we saw from 22's perspective what 22 had to go through is then we can then, we can we can empathize with them. But a lot of people don't have that empathy if they can't really see what that person has been through. And I think that that's a bigger thing that we need to ask ourselves. Like, why is it that we feel so comfortable judging others for their decisions when we don't even know what shoes they stepped in we don't know where they came from we don't know what they what they've done to get to that point i think it's a bigger thing of like i don't agree with it but you know i'm gonna respect it you do what you gotta do i'm gonna respect that just know like if it's a conversation or a point of contention i'm not gonna be like oh yeah you know you're right i don't think you're right but i'm gonna respect that decision and if you do need help or some sort of factor for me to like be there as a support for you i got you and I think that that's the moment where I was like, damn, this movie really was just talking about all these different, all these different things in this hour and a half. It should be nominated. It better well, be. Like, but based off of like cinematography alone, alone. I mean, the Avatar lighting, got the nominated. hair, the minute details, the person who spent eight hours or I don't know, a year and a half. No, they on spent the fibers. Months. Yeah, working on the fibers of just a single shirt and the folds and the fact that like you could see grit and tiles and chipped paint and like mannerisms and it just like and the fact that like clearly black people were involved in this so shout out to that because there's just but you know what people you know people be like oh because he was a soul and he wasn't even in his human body like no to me this was the point that being black is a human experience Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Well, it's a human experience. It's about being, it's about the human experience as a whole and just somebody who happens to be black. I think. And seeing what his life was like as a, in, in that context. I think it was important, Rebecca, that you brought that up because I saw a lot of controversy over the oh here's another movie with a black person who's only a black person another cartoon movie i should say that another black person is an animal or an animate object for the majority of the movie but then when i sat down and watched it and i heard 22 clarify that even though she like the soul was voiced by tina fey who is a white woman joe was still joe for the majority of the movie it's just that People wanted to make it so it's interesting to see how adults react to children themes and it misses children completely. Because as a child and watching it through a child's lens, 
I wouldn't have picked up on that. Joe no. was in the movie the entire time. He was. Joe, Joe, the physical black body was in that movie the entire movie. Whether and I thought in Joe's body or Joe was in Joe's body, Joe was from the beginning to end there. So the fact that people are saying like, oh, mm-hmm. there was, you know, there's no, this black person was a soul. Okay. But Joe was in the movie. So. And then seeing Joe through the lens of, and then Joe's soul being in the cat was in all honesty an opportunity for us to see Joe from a different lens. Exactly. Because we saw how Joe, like, especially, like, the scene at the barbershop was really it for me. Like, when seeing all of Joe's interactions, or, you know, 22 as Joe interactions at the barbershop, just, like, in general, was just complete blackness. Like, the little sign that had the lollipops that said, for the kids, like... I was like, okay. Okay. All right. But even having the cookie, the cookie tin in his mother's shop full with a sewing yep. noodle. Oh, I, like, yes. I mean, there are so oh, many parallels. There are so many parallels. Cause even thinking about 22 in Joe's body, where 22 is a, a woman, a white woman, a black, whomever, the lived experience of a black person comes from our innate culture when 22 was inside joe's body walking around and talking to people didn't even know how to interact with black people in the barbershop was like oh we can have lollipops like yeah bro you can have and then even talking about like another thing that was another part that was actually really wild was like yeah when they say you know joe i've never learned anything about you I've never really like yeah gotten to know yeah you. and be like how come we only talked about that? jazz well you exactly. well you never asked me about my life or about anything like that but like that just goes back to the part that we are souls having a human experience that's all mm-hmm. we are we are just you know we're energy we're souls with the human experience and that's what this movie highlighted and so many other things. Like this movie talked about reincarnation. It talked about like, I, I mean, like how your life can change in a single day because he was at school teaching earlier that day mm-hmm. and his whole world changed in that one day. So Within like, hours, you know, and how we miss out on opportunities by being impatient, by being self-absorbed. We miss out on like knowledge and lessons and truth. And just by being so ego, like ego driven that we miss out on everything. Like that man knew what the spark was. They told him at the youth seminar and he was just went over his head. He was thinking about how he was getting back to earth and missed that whole part about what the spark was. Yes. So he could have saved himself a whole lot of heartache if he was just paying attention. But he was like, I got to go back to earth. I got to get mine. Like, I can't die when my life just started. But even thinking of how the way that he died, like it was just based off of him rushing and not paying, not paying attention, not taking the Mm -hmm. things that you need to take care of, like walking across the street and not falling into a hole. (laughs) Then, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and And somebody warned him there was foreshadowing because when he was walking down the street before they said, you're going to kill yourself. Stop. Like, pay attention. What are you doing? And, and he that's didn't the problem listen. is that sometimes we as people just get so in the zone that we miss out on a lot of other things that are going on around us and, and blocking our blessings. Okay, that's what Moon yeah. was all about, though. Because when Moon Wen talked about... Imaga! Oh <laughs> when Moon Wen was like talking about the zone and how basically this, this movie was like everything in moderation. Because if you mm-hmm. get too caught up in anything... 
and you enter this zone place, you can get trapped. Because remember, Moon was like, oh, yeah, it was it was Tetris for me. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. That just gets you so just hyper-focused and self-absorbed that you miss everything else. Life will pass you by because you're so focused on this one thing. So everything in moderation, good and bad. So we talk about that, but I notice a lot that when I talk about meditating or people practicing presence, like a lot of people will go along with me in these conversations, but a lot of people don't really know the modality and really how to understand being present. So I think one of the tools that I'm definitely going to use with people is when they were sitting on a stoop and 22 saw the seed, the little fluttering seed mm-hmm. rolling around mm-hmm. and she focused on that. And that could be, that could easily be like an obsession, but she was just like present. She was looking around, looking at the leaves, like, like hovering in the air and just being grateful for just having, like we said, a human experience. And I think with a lot of people, when they, when they hear me talk about the woo, you know, like they, mm-hmm. they feel like I'm speaking a different language or it's like, it's, it's, it's futile. It's just like, oh, here go Teresa goes talking about spirituality again. And it's yeah. not like a necessary, whatever. <laughs> and it's not like a necessary. <laughs> yeah. It's not a necessary part of life, but I don't think people really understand is that being present and just looking around and feeling the sun on your skin and putting your feet in the ground or putting your feet in sand and hearing the ocean waves like that is a reset that adds to your like your soul's experience. Like, how do you guys feel about just taking the time to just really be in the world and not of it? You know what that reminds me of? And and not that I was ever one of these people, but this is this this conversation is specifically why I get really aggravated when people are like, oh, Boston is whack. Boston don't got this, that. And I'm like, because y'all are not really like taking in what Boston has. Boston don't have yes, there are certain things you could Boston doesn't have as many black people. Boston closes at a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to know what I realized actually? So when I stayed at a hotel in the seaport this summer, it wasn't even Humble Flex. <laughs> it wasn't even staying in the hotel it was the summertime and i walked down to the water and i sat by the water and i was literally just looking at boston yeah just looking at boston and it was just like the opportunity to be able to do this the opportunity to be able to go to the seaport the opportunity to be able to go to a restaurant afterwards all of these things that we take for granted because we're looking for something else because there are certain people, like you said, humble flex, but there are certain people who wouldn't have been doing that, who have been living in Boston for longer than I have and don't even know what the seaport looks like. And that was a moment where even before Seoul, where I was like, yo, I need to really slow myself down and be really present in the moments that I have. Because when I was sitting yes. by that water, I was like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Not a Miami beach, not a club, not without my mask, just sitting here and really reflecting. I'm being so serious, just reflecting over it. And I think that's not to say, oh, everybody in Boston, go to the seaport. It's more so to be like, whatever situation you're in, really think about like, what am I complaining about? What am I frustrated about? What am I saying? Okay, I don't have this. I wish I had this. What do you have? Because most of us actually have something. Uh, even if it's a tangent of something to hold on to. And that's even coming from a 
a position of where I do have a lot, right? So that's coming from a, a more of elitist position because I'm seeing things in, in an eye where like I have things and I should be grateful for that. And people have way less than me. But I think that even looking at Joe in 22 in this movie in general is like, live in the moments that you have now because this is what is going to create your future. Your future. Like create. I mean, absolutely. That's kind of the whole pre- premise of the movie is yeah. like, appreciation for the mundane in life mm-hmm. the little things like um i think it's like in japanese it's like ikigai ikigai, ikigai. i actually want to talk about yeah. that go ahead like about that. yeah like you know appreciation for the mundane for the little things the things that passes by because like when you go back to soul and you think about um when joe first goes to the hall of you and he sees the he's like he acts 22 who who curated this museum and they were like you did and all joe saw was just this like depression just kind of like pathetic moments of what appeared to be failure but what you what we don't realize and what i realized when i watched it again was at the end um where joe's playing the piano he has like all of the things that 22 gathered throughout the day yeah. And you see the hall of you changing because you see the moments with his dad before his dad passed. You go back and you see his mother bathing him as a child. You go back and you see, you know, a breeze hitting your face. You go your your hall of you changes when your appreciation for life changes. Because we so much focus on our failures, things that didn't happen, our humans and our basic idea of what purpose is, that we miss out on the things that life is about. Life is for the living. Life is to be lived in whatever way that you so choose, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you know, I you know live your best life. Don't ruin your, don't ruin anybody else's day. Everyone um, should watch this movie because then if they don't, we're all just gonna sound like hoteps. I hate you so much. I ain't no hotep. <laughs> I'm gonna so say it like that. All, we all gonna sound I, like hoteps if nobody don't watch these movies. I am a whole shaman. Moonwind and I. Are see, she one. sounds like a hotep. <laughs> Whatever. No, <laughs> I know hoteps don't make sense. I make sense. Okay. Well, I do. I do want to go back. <laughs> I do want to go back to Rebecca's point of icky guy. So, have you ever heard of it, Sin? I have. So I I'm obsessed with this theory because as you guys know, I read the I'm, book. I'm ooh, look at you, Flags. Mm-hmm. Who wrote the book? Liar. Anyways, <laughs> no, but <laughs> no. No, <Yes>. but <laughs> I read the book. Uh, uh, but no, Ikigai, uh, I'm reading this article comes from Forbes.com and it was written by, I want to give credit to the author, uh, Chris Myers. If you just Google Ikigai and Transforming oh, Outlook on Life, um, well, this is just a general article for, you know, the less endowed of us, you know, the less studious. But Ikigai is, above all else, a lifestyle that strives to balance the spiritual with the practical so this balance is found at the intersection where your passions and talents converge with the things that the world needs and is willing to pay for so the reason i'm more obsessed with it is as you guys know i'm going into tech i'm obsessed with ai because one reason for ethical resources is just like i just feel that the way ai is about to take over our lives we don't 
we're going to be blindsided. It's going to get to a point where people are asking you, hey, do you want to live forever? Do you want us to download your consciousness into this app and stay alive until we can figure out vessels for you to continue your life in? And also, you guys know I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in the afterlife. I believe in higher beings. But also, I think death is unfortunately, you know, it's 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 a more it's more of a thought. But death is sacred. It's just like like you guys were talking about. My mind works a completely different way from other people. It's like I wake up every morning, and every person I interact with, every thing I do, I'm always thinking about if I was to die tomorrow what will be said about me? Or if I was to die tomorrow, what would be this person's last like vision of me? And I know that drives sin crazy because sin is always like, you give people way too many chances and way, way too, many. too many excuses to be letting people play you the way that you do when you're a good person. But for me, it's just like that ultimate factor of like, I don't have forever. And I always think of that at the back of my mind. And it does sound morbid, but in that same facet it's like i will sit down and i will sit there and watch ants crawl around the garden i will sit there and look at flower for hours i will sit there and watch the trees blow in the wind because i'm just grateful for living on this earth at this time with the people that i get to meet and interact with on a daily basis whether good or bad but with guy, the focus is you start at what you love to do and then from there, you're going to go and separate it from your passion to your mission. So what you're passionate about becomes your mission. And that filters into what does the world need with your passion and your mission? How can you bring a solution to the world and how can you get paid for it? And then that goes to your profession and you build the skills to become the best at it. And it's not in this whole cycle supposed to feel like work because you're doing what you love to do. And I think with a lot of people, especially right now, and especially in this era, era of 2020 and this pandemic, we're realizing that we're stuck in this rat race that now is a hamster wheel because we can't just get out and go to work. We can't just get out and like Friday, we don't, we no longer have our escape of going to the club or like meeting with friends or just getting high and drunk and then going back to the office on Monday. Now our offices are homes and our homes is 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 not i don't want to say prison because that's a little bit grim but it's we're stuck in this constant groundhog day theory where we're realizing i really don't like none i don't like where i live i don't like who i'm with i don't like what i'm doing and i'm not even doing the things that make me happy like where is my happiness and i think it's important and i'm glad rebecca brought it up because ikigai kind of like sucked me out of that loophole and i know you guys laugh at me but like in quarantine was the first time i did shrooms and i (laughs) cannot tell you guys radio talk show (laughs) i cannot tell you guys we do not condone the use of of shrooms unless it is in truffle this is moonwind speaking but no I, i i for the first time i tried psychedelics and the thing that was remarkable to me about soul is is it captured a lot of what you see when you're on a trip and i'm talking about the darkness like people talk about having bad trips bad trips is like being in the zone when you see those monsters rolling around uh-uh. but those monsters will come to you <laughs> uh-uh. nope uh-uh. i hate you said nope. but those monsters will come to you and and those monsters? shapes and, <laughs> and those shapes and 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 that kind of 
area of just feeling like they're larger than you and that you can't defeat them. But also on the flip side, it feels like the great beyond or sorry, the great before where it's just like this light and airy and fun arena and you're talking to beings. And, and it's interesting when Jerry's the Jerry said that I'm coming to you because this is how your human mind could comprehend my expansion. That's why they were 2d. I was just like, yo, that's really how higher level deities will talk to you. They're like, well, if I showed you who I was, you would freak out. So this is why I'm coming to you as a bunny. And and, and people uh-uh. laugh and kid about, but I'm, be- like, I'm being dead. I know you're being serious. That's the crazy part. <laughs> But, that's, the, that's the wild part but but i think i think i was just like you know and obviously like i being like on psychedelics i'm just like y'all putting this in a kids movie like uh <laughs> who gonna tell these because kids the kids movie here? is not thinking about psychedelics it's pixar. oh well pixar animations way let me tell you something about the tech community they be tripping out let's let's keep it way moving let's, let's before you moving. decide to tell us all about <laughs> The, the the breakdown i am not condoning you guys try psychedelics but i'm just saying like a lot of the scenes and imagery that they put in the movie i was appreciative of because i'm glad that you guys got to see it without doing going to the extent that i did i'm but, so happy that we could say that too but it is important for us to really start thinking about these measures and, and like what do we think about the afterlife and and is there is there like higher level beings that we that do channel us or allow us to come into a spiritual realm when we're doing something creative like i don't know if you guys have found your outlet but i was talking to i was talking to becca about painting and I was telling her how She's she amazing. needs to start. She needs to start painting because painting is the most confrontational um, art modality that you could possibly endeavor. Because in painting, you can't be too rigid and you can't have control. So for people like me who freaks out over sound issues or just like passing in papers or putting things out into the world, painting was extremely difficult for me. But it also helped me learn how to flow. And Call me 22 to... for painting because honestly, <laughs> Mr. Byron told me I, I love paint. no, I love I painting now. Paint. So Yo. I can't paint. I can't paint. I think I I am actually right. I know I know we're being I don't want to go into pop culture, but listen, shout out to Kim because North being able to paint at a young age that's gonna help her so Who? much. Oh, along, Kim Kardashian. I was like, yeah, Kim Kardashian's a good mom. She's a good mom. But no, but seriously, I all can't speak is... on that. But she appears to be. <laughs> all jokes aside. She like paint if you guys are struggling to find your creative and I don't and we're going to go into the actual media sparks, but we'll say sparks for the sake of conversation. If you're having difficulties finding how you can be a creative and find your creative spark, pick up a paintbrush. I know painting is expensive. I'm not saying it's cheap, but it will help you release all your inhibitions about just flowing and kind of getting back into your creative trance to just produce. And it is it is difficult, but. I, I'm telling y'all, I, like that's what I do with rapping. Uh, <sighs> I mean, you know what? I'm not even gonna comp like you know, because usually I'll come at at sin, but I think you have a point here because I think even what Soul taught about that, like when they first went into um, that, I don't know that plane or whatever where Moon went and everything. He was. I think it was um, called the zone. Tu- in his Tuesday crew. No, when they were on the boat. Yeah. Like when they talk about, they were like, Where are your like where are your bodies? And they were all like, I'm like, I'm in a meditation here. I'm doing blah 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 here. I'm doing X, Y, and Z here. Like 
it doesn't have to be there's no one way to get there yes there's no one way that's the wrapping there's all like different avenues to get to this place so you know what if you wanna if you wanna rap like Issa Rae just getting out all your issues and like awkward black girl a la like episode one listen that's (laughs) that's it though I be writing down my poetry and I wanna rap it out loud it's like it's a release whenever I write a spoken word piece I always try to rap it I always try to rap and I honestly believe I could be a ghost writer and the thing about it is the only person that's stopping me is me from being a ghost writer because y'all can say what y'all wanna say I know I'm a good ghost writer so so that leads us to our next point of what was your emphasis? Because I'm ignoring you, son. But you see that there's people what, like you. What was people like me back? Okay, but <laughs> what was your epiphany about the spark? Because that fucked me up personally when I found oh, out yeah. your spark isn't your sole reason for life. I was like, what the fuck are you talking oh, no. about? Today? It it fucked me up on what purpose was in all honesty because like I don't know about anybody else, but like. I've been sitting here with this whole purpose shit for maybe the last like couple of years. Going, what in the hell? Listen, like, what am I met here? What am I supposed to do here? I thought I was a lost soul halfway through the movie. Like, I was really just like going back. Like, damn, I'm really, I'm, I'm not in a good place. I was like, I'm gonna be a lost soul. I'm not gonna have it figured out. And then when it was just like, your spark is just your will to live. Yep. And that the desire to live is your spark. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Calm that down. Look, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Honestly, I, in my life, the way that I see life is very different than a lot of people. And a lot of people give me a lot of shit for it. But at the same time, it's like, I actually didn't have as much like my factor of, of of tears at the end of the movie wasn't even like spark or purpose or anything. It was like, damn, am I really living my purpose? But at the end of the day, a lot of what I tell myself is whatever I am doing today is what I am meant to do. What mm. I am doing tomorrow is what I am meant to do. Whatever is God's will is God's way. If something happens where I'm supposed to be in some place and I'm not in that place or I'm doing something that's not supposed to be doing. It's not that I'm not going to get frustrated because I'm still the type of person where it's like, if I have a a schedule of like things to get done, I want to get those things done. If I have like projects at work to get done, I want to get them done. But at the same time, I think that when it comes to purpose, my purpose is to do whatever I am doing at the best of my capability. And it frustrates me when I have to do that with other people and they then diminish me being able to do my best. Like if I know that I need to work on a project, that is my purpose for that moment. And if I'm working on it with somebody else, I need them to be at the same point as as I am because that is my purpose for that. And I think that that's the way that I look at a lot of things where it's like, I don't necessarily say, oh, like I'm in education right now. Like I'm going to be this thing and I'm going to be this thing and I'm going to do this thing. I used to do that before. Now it's more like, and I think that's another thing that frustrates like even managers at work when they check in with me, like Sneak, we don't know. Like what, what is it that you want to do? What's the next step? I was like, y'all tell me what I'm good at. I'm going to let you know if I want to do it. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, but I'm not going to tell you, oh, I want to be the executive director and then realize that I put all of this work in to be executive director and then don't want to be the executive director anymore. And I think I realized that actually in college because I became a communications major because they told me I need to be a major. And then when I finally found that I wanted to be a philosophy major, 
I couldn't drop my comm major because I had already done so many classes with it. They would be stupid to drop it. So I need to finish off this comm major. But my real passion was philosophy. So then I had to become a double major. And from that moment, it was a learning moment. It's like, yo, if I don't know what I want to do at this moment, I'm not going to lock in and lock heavy. Like a lot of people may be saying, oh, you're playing the field and you're doing this, that, and the next. But like, if I'm not 100% sure with the thing that I want to jump into bed with right now, then I'm not going to want to necessarily, you know, do that. I don't even want to romanticize a conversation that will make it feel like this is the thing that it's going to be. Because I know that in my heart of hearts, this is not something that I'm sure of. And like when I'm sure, I'm very sure. And I think that a lot of other people have this, which I've been learning where like, they're not very sure. They're like, mm, I kind of like this, but I maybe like this. And they're not very sure. So I, I don't really verbalize that portion, but I know like, if this is it, this is it. I know that like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Sin, you know, when you get married, who, wow, it's going to be a lot. Like you're going to get married, blah, blah. But I know that when I meet the girl who I'm going to get married to, I'm going to know. Because it's not going to be a question to me. It's not going to be a question of like, is she going to cheat? Is she lying? All, all that's out the window because I will know at that point. And I think that that's a lot of way that I carry myself and in the way that I think of things. So even when I thought about like the spark and purpose of life, I was more so saddened because it's like, damn, this really is a reality. Like we really are sitting here thinking like, what is our purpose? When our purpose literally is just to be on this earth and breathe. The, the human body was brought here to procreate. And then at 23, die off. So we already pushing it as is. We might as well just have fun with it. We are already pushing <laughs> the lever. Oh my God. I mean, the whole thing to me is just like, we tie um we tie purpose to career. Yeah. Yes. Too much. Yes. And I that's a human thing. That's a exactly. capitalist thing. Yeah. That is a the, yeah. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like, that's why I tell people. And that's what has every single one of us fucked up. That's exactly. what has the entrepreneurs fucked up. That's what has the nine to five people fucked up. That's what has the college kids fucked up. Um, because we tie career money capitalism to purpose and my purpose is and you're not here for that my purpose is none of us are here for that my purpose is to laugh my purpose is to say what i want to say when i want to say it how i want to say you like it too bad you don't like it too bad but my purpose is to build these things and to do these things and if i'm not doing those things then i'm not doing those things and i think a bigger thing is knowing that your my purpose is not Becca's purpose, which is not Mercy's purpose, and understanding that. Because a lot of people are going to be like, Becca, you're really great at this. But if Becca don't want to do this, she ain't going to do it and she shouldn't have to. Yeah. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean that that's your purpose. I'm good at a lot of shit. Don't mean I want to do it. We should probably take purpose out of our vocabulary, to be quite honest. I think it messes a lot of people up. And I and I learned that a lot with, and Becca can attest to this about my well, Cindy can attest to this too about my readings and my spiritual gifts. It's like people are like, oh, you should just start reading cards to people. You should start like charging to be a spiritual about. And like, I don't feel right charging people for that because I know that's my that might be my quote unquote purpose, like to help you spiritually grow. But I don't want to make money off of it. I don't want to make money off your suffering. And I don't want to make money off your confusion. Mm -hmm. I don't because think I like... I would make all the dollars. 
and that's why you're Scorpio. But oh, no. <laughs> but no, but for me personally, it's just like I just don't feel morally obligated. Like I just don't feel morally sound charging people in their moment of confusion when it's just like it's spirituality is hard enough. Your spiritual journey isn't a one quick. You can't get your cards read or you can't you know get your chart read and think like you have all the answers to life it's a journey and energy forever changes and then for me it's just like when people talk about your spark I mean that messed me up personally because I'm a very passionate person and I go heavily into passion so overall it's just I I feel like when people talk about I'm passionate about this whole, I'm going to make it my career. It's just like, like Sin said, it's like, what if it's not what you're supposed to be doing in life? What if you're supposed to be a doctor and you're passionate about doing radio, but you're really supposed to be a doctor? And that's it. Because the only person that can tell you what your true, true purpose is, is whatever you believe is a higher power. People can tell you what you're doing. We're talking about money. But that's what, no, I'm saying like Like, your true, like, what is the reason you are on this earth? for and that isn't necessarily being to be money i could be on this earth right now to be talking right now well i am to talk right now on this <laughs> podcast to send it out on Thursday. that's why no, I'm I, <laughs> that's no, I think the thing about purpose or the thing about not even purpose but spark is that everybody's spark is different everybody's Correct. what's what's gonna what's gonna convince me to get up each day is gonna be different than it is for you, sin, and different for you, mercy. It's going to be different for everybody. Like, what convinces me to get up out of bed, to keep going, to keep living, to keep pushing, is not going to be the same thing as it is for you. And I think we conflate that with purpose, because even now we're talking about purpose and spark and purpose and spark. And even in the movie, they were like, you silly humans, like, always talking about your purpose. (laughs) Like, no, because purpose is made up. Purpose is made up to kind of, you know, it puts us in a box. It, it confuses us. It puts us in a place that, you know, has us driven by capitalism, has us driven by money that puts us on a hamster wheel. Like you were talking about early mercy. Like it just. Purpose puts you in comfortability. Honestly, it puts you in a place to be comfortable. It's like whenever, I mean, at work, they hate it. But whenever they're like, oh, Sin, how are you doing? I'm just like, I am. And they're like, but you that's are the right. I was like, no, I am. Question. They said, I mean, like, but you are question. what? I said, I am. I am. Right now, I am. They're like, but that's not an answer. Like, you are good. You are bad. I was like, no, you want me to put something else to deem for you so you can really try to put me into a box of I am good, I am bad, I am mad, I'm happy. I'm just, I'm existing. I am. I am. And I don't see a problem with it. That's what I am. And so, how we all live our lives can inspire someone else to live theirs. And that was yes. the point of the hall of you. Yes. And I you, def- it's not necessarily a specific thing though. But like just how you live your life can encourage somebody else to get up and do it again tomorrow. And I think that's the important part because I think people overlook the fact that we are all like Rebecca said, we're living in a human existence where we all been put on this earth at this time because we all have a piece of the puzzle and i don't think people really cherish that message a lot and i really do want to communicate that to our patrons listening today it's just like i i mean everyone has different religious views and i respect all of yours but i really believe that we agree to come back to earth like our souls agree to come back at certain times because we all have a piece of the puzzle so if regardless of what you're going through 
you know, take your time, but know that you're here for a reason. There's a higher purpose for everything. But there, there is a couple, there is one more thing I want to talk about because we are on the topic of Black cinema. And we did talk about Tyler Perry. So observing Black people discovering spirituality or, or a, new, a new spiritual realm in the movie Soul. How did you guys feel witnessing that without it being doused over by Christianity? Because they didn't talk about any religion in this movie. They just talked about an ambiguous realm. I didn't think about any type of religion, honestly. It was it nice, in all honesty. It didn't cross my mind. Religion no longer crossed. I am a, a Christian, but I don't... I'm not at the point pushing my yeah. beliefs onto other people. So it's not like I think about Christianity as like a, a, a... It's not a marker. Like, for example... I have a friend that introduced me to a friend that wanted Christian friends. <laughs> no. And when this friend told me comment from Mercy that they wanted Christian friends, I was like, well, I was a little wary because I am a Christian. Even but when you put that adjective in front of it the operative word becomes Christian and there's a certain there's an expectation expectation yes. for your Christian friends and it that has played played out in a way that is not I don't like that you know but it doesn't make me less of a Christian so that's all to say like I don't necessarily I I, I think that there are so many different types of spirituality. I believe in God. I think that, listen, I, you know, I wasn't a person who was in the tarot. I've had tarot readings. I believe in that. I think that the ancestors are a part of us. I think of all of those things. So it really didn't cross my mind twice when it was just like an ambiguous area. Um, I think that many people who do watch Soul will probably put their tagline onto it. So like Christians may see that and be like, oh, this was heaven, you know? Somebody may say, oh, this is reincarnation. But I just saw it as an existence and a being. And what they told me it was, is that's what it was. Uh, um, I just, and I'm not a heathen. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was introduced because all of that is just, it's that's humanity, baby. Yeah, that ain't the soul. That's not us. That's, that's not, not the soul. That's not who you are. That's what we give to it. Like, because we like to give things meaning. The blob didn't have a um, race. So when you, or when you yeah, remember yeah. at the beginning of the movie, when um, when he dies and there's the three souls that were just chilling there from mm-hmm. all different parts of the world. They all spoke different languages. Somebody didn't even speak English. They were just chilling. And they were like, oh yeah, this is the great being. Like, haha, like, welcome. And you see them kind of, um, when they move forward to the great beyond. The big ball, from the, the white light at the end of the tunnel. And they, they yeah, and they, um, they change shape. They turn into what we see as the new souls mm-hmm. in the great before. And before that, they looked kind of like, you know, human. They had like their human kind of clothes and like aesthetic to that. And then they shed all of that. And then they move forward. So like all that extra stuff, your religion, your language, your background, your beliefs, all that other stuff, that's a human. When you leave this earth, part. you leave all of your earthly things on earth. Amen, sin. So at the end of the day... 
Yes. When you are gone, the, the the Tesla that you drive and the money that you, that's why I never understood about all this saving, savings. I'm like, listen, I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I'm, in debt. I'm happy. I pay for my shit. I pay my bills. I'm happy. I'm not one of those people that's like, yes, I want to be you out of debt, take it with you. but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pay $900 in credit cards every month and not go places. I'm just not the person to do that. I'm sorry. I would rather be in debt and be happy on the beach call it debt i don't care as long as, and that's the thing debt to me is not what is to everybody debt to me is you can't be approved for your house you can't be approved for your car you can't get a wedding and so far i've have a car i've got pre-approved for a house and if i want to get married i can get married so i don't give a fuck about the debt keep it keep it coming on and <laughs> if joe biden got it he about to forgive some of it anyway so listen all right well we gotta wrap up but i want to know what you guys so it was kind of like an open ended ending what do you guys think happened to 22 and how do you think joe was changed by his experience in the great beyond and the great before i think that you'd have to ask yeah i was gonna say like i think that for me to give you an answer on that would then defeat the purpose of this whole conversation 22 was 22 22 seemed seemed to me that 22 was content Mm -hmm. and and inspired by by something finally being successful and joe learned a valuable lesson on life what do you think they're both doing the same thing they're living yeah now they're before they were were breathing they were of the world they were of the great beyond now they are actually living their life like i said i've said this many times this pandemic we are existing we are existing in this pandemic. finally none of us are living Fun. We are not doing what we want to do. We are not being who we want to be. We are just existing in a space. That's and I think that miserable. that's why, yes. And that's what I was going to say. That's why 22 and Joe were so miserable and now they're living. So I think that they're living. Yeah. What do you think happened with Lisa? I don't fucking know. About Lisa. <laughs> maybe you call Lisa. I don't know. That's maybe, maybe, call maybe that's Lisa. a part of living. I just want to say, I hope, I hope Joe found love at the end of it all. Maybe Joe didn't I, want love. Maybe that's not his purpose. All right, Scorpio. All right. So <laughs> Maybe that's not his purpose. We really hope you guys take the time to enjoy and watch Soul. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your families. Watch it a bunch of times. I watched that movie like seven times. No lie. And once again, take notes on it for today's show. But I do want to wrap up with a guided meditation. Oops. Welcome. I am grateful for your presence in this guided meditation. I am thankful you have chosen to take these next five minutes for yourself and for your aura. My name is Wu Chao, and I am here to remind you that things are going to get easier. I will be your guide today as we take these next few moments and honor ourselves. Please don't be alarmed by my gong. I have tuned it to the highest of real nigga frequency. Let us begin on this journey. Starting where we once were, but never have been. 
from the bottom. And now we're here. Release the weight of the world and all that suck-ass shit from your naughty childhood. You are now silk. And no longer pressed. We will begin by ushering you into this portal. And before you step inside, bitch, don't wear no shoes in my dojo. There is, however, a weight limit and extra baggage free. And for you to move freely about the cabin, we must first lift the heaviness of our human experience away from connecting with spirit. Now follow me into the dojo and begin to step inside the sacred space. Beginning at the base of your spine, you will begin to feel yourself lift and release the heaviness and tension from your back, rising to your shoulders, and finally rolling to your head. Uh-oh, let's go. Let me see you, Tootsie Roll. Now as you reach out and push your hand light as a feather through the portal, you begin to feel a cool yet tingly sensation. This is not a traumatic replay of your sophomore year in college. You are no longer that flexible anyway. Do not even think about it. As we pull ourselves through the portal, we begin to submerge ourselves back into ourselves. As one. As everyone. Practice your breathing to the sound of my voice. Feel the rise of the swag and the fall of the haters. Feel the rise of the bag and the fall of balance. I am wealthy, I am rich, I am that bitch, Ashe, again, feel the rise of swag and the fall of the doubt, feel the rise of the bag and the fall of the clout, I am wealthy, I am rich, and I am that bitch, mixtape dropping, 2022, deep breath in, We will now close out our guided meditation by giving thanks to ourselves and the ancestors who granted us this sacred space. We will now play a Negro spiritual to rejoice. One time for the ancestors! DJ, disrespect! Records taking over for the 9-9 in the 2000. Girl, you're working with smashing. Your bad jam. Make a nigga spend his cash in. His last jam. Holds fun with your passion. They mad jam. I apologize for my... Thank y'all for coming to the night last... <laughs>
Have a great time, y'all. Stay blessed. You don't like my God meditation? No checks. Thank y'all for coming. Have a great night. And that's another episode of the podcast. Thank you to our special guest, Becky.